Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon from lead pastor, Jamie Miller. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 19, verse 35, and I'll just I'll catch us up on the story. Jesus said, Hey, go into Jerusalem. There's gonna you find a guy with a donkey and ask ask for it. Say the Lord the Lord needs it. They go in, they say, What are you doing? And they say the Lord needs it. I'm picking up the story in verse 35. Verse 35, when uh, he came near the excuse me, one one earlier. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. And he went along, as, and the people spread their cloaks as he went along. The people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, Rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Now, one of the things I want to highlight here, and and this is what we do when we come to Easter, Palm Sunday, these kinds of things. We read these stories and we say, Lord, what do you want to say to me this year? What do you want to remind me about this year? And so I wrote down a couple of reminders there just by way of introduction. We're going to get to the Father's love this morning. I want to say some things about that. But, but first, there's just some reminders here. Reminder number one, when you read the story about the disciples praising God for the miracles that Jesus had done and the Pharisees coming over here and saying, tell them to stop. Stop praising Jesus and God like that. Don't do that. Here's the reminder. Reminder number one is avoid things that take glory away from Jesus Christ. Wrong side of history. Do, let, let's, don't do that. Don't do stuff that takes glory away from God. Glory away from Jesus. And it's real easy in our culture, you guys, to do this. We live in, it's just, it's the, it's the milieu. It's the, uh, it's the worldview. Scientific, rationalistic, you know, that kind of stuff. Supernatural things don't really happen. You gotta, it's, 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 uh, it's the senses, you know. And so it's real easy to hear a story. Ben Prock stands up here and says, Man, praise God, this lady got saved and then her aunt, like heat started rising up her feet. We're praying for her and then her back was healed. She was in the hospital, couldn't walk yesterday and then she's healed. Praise Jesus. And what we don't want to do is go, you know, that could have been a psychosomatic kind of thing. And she just kind of, you know, she moved funny and then it was better. We don't want to do that. We want to. It's a reminder to avoid doing things that take glory away from Jesus. We want to be all about praise God. Praise Jesus that He's alive. Same yesterday, today, and forever. Same God, same stuff, same miracles, same all of that. And He does. He's moving. He's on the move. Reminder number two, open our eyes to see Jesus who brings lasting peace. He goes on as He approached Jerusalem and saw the city, He wept over it. And said, if you, even you, had only known on this day, what would bring you peace? But now it's hidden from your eyes. And the days will come when your enemies build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground and your children within your walls. 
They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. And so the reminder is, where do you look for peace? If you're, if you're not sure around here, and it sounds, it sounds like, wow, it's theologically deep. I just don't know what to do. Just throw out Jesus. Chances are it's going to be a pretty good answer. So if you don't know where to look for peace, where do you look? Jesus. Jesus he is the Prince of Peace. And there's a promise that Isaiah gives that of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Amen. It's going to just keep going and going and getting bigger and deeper and more awesome and incredible. I needed peace this morning. I literally, I was chuckling. I was down there getting prayer in the prayer room before first service. I was, had been anxious. I got a lot of things. We got an elder retreat right after this and just had been going pretty fast and my body hadn't caught all the way up with the things I was trying to do. And uh, I was down there and they started praying for peace for me. And I just started laughing. I'm sitting there receiving prayer and I started laughing because I'm, I knew I was going to, I remembered I was going to be making this point <laughs> that I needed, like now, the peace of God that comes through Jesus Christ. Uh, I did a little reading even. I mean, what, what's going on? What is about to happen to, to Jerusalem is horrific. I mean, I read Josephus this week just preparing for this a bit. He's a historian from the really the first, second century. He was an eyewitness to the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. So he saw it and he wrote, he wrote it down. And there was a million people in the city. It was Passover. It had swollen up and gotten big. And Titus, this is mind-blowing. I didn't know this, but Titus destroyed the temple in 70 AD on the exact same day that Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the first temple. The exact same day. It just, and they said, just the, uh, Josephus said, the famine that was endured by those people in that city was the worst famine in all of humanity ever. It was terrible. You know, and so out of that, just missing, like, God came. And even Jesus, that third reminder there is to recognize that God comes to us in Jesus. Like it's Jesus himself. And he's saying, you missed the time of God coming to you, which is really just a, it's a mind blowing thought. And yet Malachi said it was going to happen. Malachi three, you know, the messenger's going to come, the messenger of the Lord. He's John the Baptist is going to come. And then suddenly God whom you're seeking will come to the temple. And it happened. But who can stand in that day? Because it's going to be like a refiner's fire. When God comes, it's like, it's like, it's so good. And yet there's so much love. And yet there's the reality of here, here, Lord, I'm a mess. Lord, forgive me. I, I humble myself before you. I need you so much. I need you so much. So as Jesus comes and we welcome him, we want to be all about his glory. We want to be all about looking to him for peace. And we want to be all about recognizing that Jesus Christ reveals who God really is at the center of the center of the center of the New Testament is Jesus Christ, the son of God. I'm preaching is Jesus Christ, the son of God, and what, the son, the eternal son of the eternal father in their shared love, communion and anointing of the Holy Spirit. The triune God of love. It's beautiful. I mean, pra praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who's blessed us in the, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. 
in love. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will to the praise of His glorious grace, which He's freely given us in the one He loves. I'm not going to keep going. But in love, he, he just has given us everything. He made it all known and real to us in Jesus. It's so, so very good. He redeemed us and forgave us and all that in Jesus. So here's the main thing I'm trying to say. One sentence. Palm Sunday is another opportunity for us to calibrate our lives to Jesus and the Father's heart of love that He reveals to us. Now, I know it sounds... the, The thing I'm trying to do here is that when we look to Jesus, we see more than anything else, He reveals to us the Father. He says that over... That's the blow away. Fifteen times Father is in the Old Testament, but over 100 times... Jesus talks about His Father in the Gospel of John alone. So He's coming, and He's the image of the invisible God. He's the radiance of the glory of God. He is the the self-revealing of God Himself, and He talks about His relationship with His Father the whole time. I don't do anything without my Father. I do nothing of my own initiative. If you hear me say something, it's because He told me to say it. If you see me do something, it's because He told me to do it. What you are seeing... Philip... How can you say, show us the Father? To see me is to see the Father. So I'm tr- just, I want that to be so clear to us. In the New Testament, there's really kind of two groups of people, and we all identify with them. You've got sinners who know they're sinners. They know it, right? Tax collectors, prostitutes, party people who offend religious people that Jesus goes to eat with them and have a party with them and stuff like that. So Jesus is accused of being a glutton, eating too much, and being a wine-bibber, drinking too much. Sinners. And then you've got the religious people, Pharisees, scribes, teachers of the law. And we can all kind of identify, and really I'm uh, put a third group in there. The third group is disciples. That's us. That's who we're trying to be. And in general, that's, that's most of the people here trying to be disciples. And we can all identify with being sinners and all identify with being religious. Can I get a, just a little tiny little glory wave on that one? Because what happens is when, when we do the religious thing, it's, it's because we're living from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil rather than depending on God for his life. And so we, we, we eat from this tree, and then we start ranking people. You're here. I'm kind of here. I feel good about that. I'm kind of here. I don't feel good about that. You know? And so we, other people have really visible bad sins, you know, sexual immorality, drunkenness, you know, prostitution, guys running a sex trafficking ring, and those guys are really, really bad. But then, you know, my gossip is easier to let slide. It's not as visible. It's easier to let slide. Um, my gluttony, overeating, overindulging, uh, lust, these are, these are harder, right? They're, they're less visible, harder to see, greed. That'd be a big one for Americans to wrestle through. So, so any time, and I'm not trying to be heavy, I'm just trying to say we can all as disciples do either one of these things. 
Anybody had to repent for something in just like say the last 24 hours or so as a sinner? Anybody catch yourself looking down your nose at somebody else because their sin's worse than what you think yours are? So here we are. I mean, you know, and so that's why all through the New Testament, you've got that sinners and religious people thing going on. One of the primary, and I would say paradigm kind of parables is the, the, parable, the, prodigal, the prodigal son that Ben referred to this morning. The, the parable of the lost son or the parable of the two lost sons or the parable of the, the loving father. However you want to put a title on it, somebody, not the scripture writers, put a title on that. So let's, I like the loving father. Because both sons needed help. This guy needed help, and this guy needed help, right? They both needed help. He wakes up, he gets his, goes squanders everything, and turns, and his father's running to him, receives him. And then this other guy's ticked off because there's a big party in the house, and the father's like, ah, you're living here with me. Everything I have is yours. And that's like a word for all of us. Everything I have is yours. It's I love you. I love your brother and I love you. I want you to live in my love and not live in judgment because you can't do it effectively. Can't love and judge at the same time. So, uh, the loving father. Those are categories that we got to kind of wrestle through and, and work through. And this overarching thing that I'm trying to get us to see is about the father's love and how much he really, really does love us. And we need to... I think the Lord's inviting us to have a more Jesus-like view of who the Father is. You know, Jesus, what He's trying to do is get all of us to agree with Him about His view of the Father. Because in our darkness, you know, when we, the, the fall happens, Adam and Eve hide in the bushes. That's the first decision they make, by the way, is to hide from God who loves them and cares for them, is coming to them. So Jesus wants us to agree with him about the way the Father really is. George MacDonald one time, a long time ago, said, good souls, many, will one day be horrified at the things they now believe of God. They can make little progress in the knowledge of God while holding evil things true of Him. So as we move into Holy Week this year, Jesus is calling us to calibrate our hearts to the Father's heart of love. Jesus is coming in. He's the revelation on this Palm Sunday. He's our King, and He wants us to know what God's really like. And when you know what God's really like, man, it changes everything. View of God, it's going to affect your view of salvation. You affect your view of the church. It's going to affect your view of mission and what we're all about in the world. So this is a big deal. So let me just lay three things on us, and we'll move into some ministry time and respond to the Father's love today. But the first one is this. This is a journey that we take, and it is the longing of our hearts. So uh, how many of you guys are in Tijuana? So you're gonna, this is, I'm going to repeat a few of the stories that I've told down there. But it's okay. You can, they'll, they'll be good to hear again. And everybody else, these will be fresh. Um, but it's the longing of our hearts. Uh, we were made. There is a, there's, there's a vacuum right here that can only be filled by the love of God. Before creation ever happened, God predestined us for adoption, for relationship, for family love with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
That's just, that's just such good news. I, you know, I, I know you guys have heard me talk about the Father's love before, but you need to hear it again. I'm sorry. I'm just under conviction. You need to hear it again. Just, I'm being like a mean preacher or something. But you need to hear about the Father's love one more time. Floyd McClung would say, I just world mandate after world mandate, he'd stay at, stand up there. He's like one of the only guys I can give a hug to like this. He's 6'8", you know, and uh, I always have to do, it's like that, it's weird. Corey, Corey McConnell will get on to me. Don't hug me like I'm, he's probably going to be listening. Hey, Corey, he's in the Middle East right now, but uh but uh, Floyd would stand up and he'd go, I'm Floyd McClung. I love Jesus. And every day I have to hear the Father tells me how, tell me how much he loves me. And I just, I love that. It, it, after three or four years of hearing it, writing notes down going, dude, that's good. Yeah. About the fourth year, I was like, wait a minute. If Floyd has to do that, what about me? So I'm Jamie Miller. I love Jesus. And every day I have to hear the Father tell me how much he loves me. If you struggle with hearing God, you go, does God really speak? Then ask God this question. Father, tell me how much you love me. He'll tell you. He'll tell you. He'll speak to you. He loves you so much. And if you, you're struggling like, oh, I still don't know, then look to the cross of Jesus Christ. Because there is the fullness of his self-giving love and Jesus' self-giving love and the self-giving love of the Spirit on our behalf. There you go. So it's longing of our hearts. When uh, my son Matthew was one year old, he couldn't even speak yet. He could walk. I remember that. We had Don Fentos, my dad and the Lord, and uh, he was there at our house uh, in town visiting, and we were having breakfast and having our family time. And back then, I would like literally place a hand on my kids' heads and say, today I bless you, mighty man of God, to have an awesome day. Go out in the power of God and be joyful and filled with His love or you know, some kind of thing like that. I just thought that was a cool thing to be doing. I'd done that with, with Emily, and then Don did that stuff with us and with me. I mean, he blessed the, uh, just blessed me like crazy. And, uh, and uh, so, so, so we're standing there talking, and I had forgotten to bless Matthew. And so we're standing there talking. I'm talking with Don like this, and I feel my hand grabbed. He grabs my hand and puts it on his little head. He goes, and he can't speak. He goes, oh, yeah. That's us. God made us for love and for blessing. That's the, that's the longing of our hearts. That's, that's what He made us for. This past uh, Friday, last Friday night, I went and saw a movie with Mark and Robin McKinney. They were here in first service, and Kim and I went, a little double date, and uh, we went and saw I Can Only Imagine. I don't do a bunch of movie recommendations from the front. Um, I've got, I got in trouble with that back during the Lord of the Rings season. <laughs> For real. I saw these orcs in 1910. Sorry. Y'all figured it out on your, your own, but um, follow Jesus. But uh, I can recommend this movie. I can only imagine. It is about forgiveness. It's about the Father's love. It's about anger that wells up inside of our broken hearts when we don't receive the Father's love or when we're abused or when something hard happens in our early growing up years. And it's powerful. And the, 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 the dad ends up coming to Jesus. 
they get reconciled and they develop. He's like, he is the dad that I always wanted. I mean, it's, it's a powerful, powerful picture. And um, so I, I, I recommend that to you. The thing is, stuff happens to us when we're kids or we're younger. Little wounds get in there. When I was a, I don't, when I was a teenager, something happened. I don't go into all the details, but uh, there was a fear that got into my heart that I was going to be left and that I'd be alone. And I was there's some choices that I had to make that I shouldn't have had to make, and it was just really difficult and really scarred me. And so I had this weird, irrational fear that everybody's going to leave. I, I, I know it, it sounds dumb saying it, and then when pressure gets on, that's what I feel. And I've gotten listening prayer, gotten healed, I'm, I'm healed, and then it's a wound and something comes up sometimes. And, but back in 06, my parents were in the Metroplex at the time, and they moved away, and I remember them leaving my house for the last time and just weeping, like just tears, and I felt so alone. I mean, just it was weird, just crazy, the, the depth of, of that, it, that longing. And the reason I'm saying that is that in our brokenness, and in our lost, fallen condition, what we need is the Father's love. That's what we all need. When we're in the bushes hiding, that's what we need. And the problem is that we think God is like us. And we think out of our brokenness and fears and uh, being alone and all that, we paint that on the face of God. You know, and, and all of our I am nots, pretty, I'm not pretty enough or smart enough or all these things that, that we feel in our weakness and vulnerability, we... we we do that with God's face. But God's not like that. God's actually like the love that we see put on display in the cross of Jesus Christ. That's kind of the focal point of that love, that self-giving, other-centered, self-sacrificing, agape love, the love of God. It's incredible. And so culture says you have to do these things to be accepted, and if only you'll do this, and if only you'll do that, when what we need, this, this heart down in here, what it really, really needs is the love of God. And that's why you can't, you don't, you don't, I heard that message. I've got that one. I know God loves me. I, 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 I leak or something. I need to walk in the abiding sense of the love of God. You know, Jesus says in John 17, 23, may the whole, may all of the believers walk in unity so that the whole world will know, Father, that you've loved them exactly as you have loved me. Like the Father loves us with the love that he has for Jesus Christ. And that is a blow away, you guys. So these echoes, uh, the, 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 these uh, longings that are in our hearts, uh, that's a piece of it. There's a longing that's there. And it is, there's, what God wants to give us is so much more. It's better. It's like way, way better. And so the second piece of this then is the echoes. So you got the longing of our hearts within the actual echoes of God's love. And this is, we hear this even before we know the Lord. We hear echoes. And if you don't know the Lord, you've heard these echoes. Like, there really is a God who loves. And we hear those echoes and we, we, we perk up and we go, what was that? We hear that sound and we go, what was that? Or we see something and we go, what was that? You know, and you'll see it in our culture sometimes, little, little echoes and people are, they're, they're touching on something, but it's not, it's not the full reality, but they know that's a right thing. And so there's these echoes. 
C.S. Lewis, I think it was Mere Christianity, said, ducks, little baby ducks long for water. (laughs) They long for water because there's such a thing as water. Men and women want to get married and have sex because there's such a thing as sex. And there's a longing in our hearts for the love of God because there is such a thing as His love, His fatherly, awesome, incredible love. So Kim and I, we've been married 32 years. And our 30, coming up on 33, 2. Coming up on 30, 32. It's weird. There's somewhere around in my age, you just have, like, it starts taking math to, 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 to work things out. You used to just kind of know. But 32 wonderful years of marriage. And, uh, and, and let's say that this is a picture of the love between Christ and the church. And so if we could love each other, say we were 90, 92, and, and, and we just lived a full life of loving each other, and we're on the bed there together holding hands, and then... <sighs> I didn't... It'd be okay. It'd be okay. <laughs> However deep that love is, and here's the, here's the kicker. You, you can't understand, like what I'm about to say is you can't understand it with words. And that's why God gives us a picture, an echo of the actual love between the Christ and the church is because it's so much deeper than what words can say. So we've loved each other for 60, 70 years. And then that is scratching the surface of the tip of the iceberg that goes down into the depths of infinity with the love of God. A father that really loves his children is a, an echo. He's, he's a shadow. He's an echo of the way God's love really is. How much more, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more is the Father going to give the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of His love to you? Whoa. Wow. That, that's, whoa, that's incredible. And so, you know, what this love looks like in real life is uh, my daughter is, uh, I remember when she was a little baby, She's six feet tall, played college basketball. She might be in the room right now. And oh, there she is right there. And so, so I remember we, we got her home, and Kim's mom stayed a week, then my mom stayed a week, and then suddenly we're there alone, and there's another human being in the house. And I just remember holding her. She fit right here. And just look, and something happened in my heart. God knew I needed a girl before a guy. And I just, I, I, my father's heart of love just exploded for her. And uh, I remember, you know, her growing up, she was playing basketball at Abilene Christian. And, and uh, it's so hard on me because there's, it, col- don't do college sports unless you have to. That's my little word on that. We had to. And by God's grace, got to do that, paid for school. But it was hard. And I just times getting off the phone going, oh, God, what have I done? You know, she's crying and all that kind of stuff. And one night she'd had a particularly hard game. They got in late on the bus. It was midnight or later. And she said, I need to see my dad. She was broken and just needed to see her dad. So she gets the idea to get in the car and drive to Fort Worth. And so somewhere along the way, she gets stopped by a state trooper, stops and, and asks her, uh, hey, what's the rush? And she said, I, we lost. It was horrible. She's got Abilene Christian sweats on and everything. Tears running down her face. And she said, I just thought if I could see my dad that everything would be okay. So I'm going home to see him. And he goes, okay. Well, I'm not going to give you a ticket, but slow down. Your dad will be there when you get home. It just echoes. 
but it's echoes that we long for of the Father's love. Matthew, you know, when uh, he was two, two and a half something, oh, we had a, our driveway back in Grapevine, we had a garage, it was, the garage was flat, but the driveway sloped backwards like that. And we were going to Thanksgiving or something, and I had put the car in reverse, and I heard something, but I wasn't sure what it was. And I look in the rearview mirror, and Kim is running up from the street at a sprint going, stop the car, move forward, move forward, you're running over, Matthew! And time stopped, man. I mean, I put the car in neutral, drive, it's not going forward. Low one, low two, it finally starts moving forward. I get off of him. Tire tracks, up pant leg, up the coat, back all the way to the shoulder. And we carry him into the house, and you find out what's inside of you. We fall on our knees over him and start praying for God to heal him in the name of Jesus. And he starts moving, you know, and we're freaked out. You know, we're, our love is exploding. We don't want him to be hurt, right? But then he's moving and he wants to sit up. And so we put him on the chair, but his ankle's kind of bloody a little bit. The skin's been scraped off. And so we start praying for his ankle. We don't know if he can put any weight on it or anything. Heal him, Father, in the name of Jesus. And I don't know, you guys, if an angel stopped that car full weight from being on him. I don't know how this thing happened or God healed him on the tail end of this. I'm giving praise to Jesus. Right? But we pray for his ankle. And then... He starts moving it and slides off the chair and starts going. <laughs> and he's, he's fine. But our hearts were like, oh, we love him so much. You know, another similar story is we're on vacation at, at Garner State Park, where we did for like 20 years, Frio River, if anybody's ever been there. And uh, it was kind of flood stage. In the, 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 we were going through a chute, and Kim fell off her raft with, with Matthew, and she's in about this, this two, two feet of water, but it's rushing fast, and she can't get stood up. And so all she can do is hold him above the water like that. Emily's floated down 150 yards. Mom, Dad! She's getting smaller and smaller. She's, she's gone. And, and it's like one of those moments. She's from here to the sound booth. I mean, 50, 60 feet. And I'd had t knee surgery two weeks earlier. And I, I'm limping around, I, walking. I, I can hardly walk. And she's holding the baby up above her head. I hop off the tube and I run at a dead sprint through rocky bottom of the Frio River, all this stuff. And like a guy lifting a car, I mean, I yank him up and yank her like out of the water, you know, just, oh, oh. <laughs> Here's my point. What, you, what do you think about the Father and His love for you? He's not, he's not turning His back on you and walking away from you. He's running for you. He's doing everything that He possibly can to bring you into His love and family. Everything that He possibly can do, that's what He's doing. He's, he's how much, if I'm running to save my son's life, how much more the Heavenly Father? Amen. And, you know, not everybody had a good father. You know, I could tell we don't have time to start wrapping this up. But just, you know, Kim had a, a difficult struggle for many years. Her father left and was faced with this big decision about forgiveness and taking care of him and being his caregiver. And she did that for seven years before he died last, last August. Came to know the Lord. I mean, just it's a powerful redemption story. But not every father if you had a bad father or there was something not right, then look to 
the Father in heaven, who is a perfect, good Father. And I'll finish with this. The reality of the Father's heart. I've been saying it all through this, but if we love this way, if you, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more the Father in heaven? Luke 11, verse 13. So here's kind of where we stand. You guys, I want you to know the reality of of God's love, the Father's heart. He loves you. He delights in you. He cares so much about you. He's running to save you, to reach out to you. He, he, there's, if you are confused in any way, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Say, Holy Spirit, show me the love of the Father. Show me your heart for me. He will do that. He wants to do that. That's my burden even today. There is always more. There's always more. There's always more. There's always more. And there's always more. Because you see, there's always more. And there's always more of His love. It is a nonstop, never-ending, Niagara deluge of eternal, endless, from this morning, spontaneous, that's, that's, that's what it is. It's endless love of God. That's, that's who our God is. That's who the Father is. And so, you know, if it's back to, you know, the, the, the two sons. If you're in some stuff, and you turn this morning, know that the Father's running in love to meet you. And his, th- what, one thing I know about today is that His mercy, it's actually new today. And one thing I know about this day is that this morning, God wants to bring you word of His unfailing love. Hesed, that, that it, it never, ever ends. It's an enduring, never-ending mercy. That's what He wants you to bring. He wants to bring you into that. And... And if there's stuff you need to let go of, man, just know that you're living in the house. If you're the older son, you live in the house and all that the father has, it's yours. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He wants you to walk in that fullness. Now, to finish this up, it's like when we're holding stuff in our lives, we've got to let some things go in order to receive the love of God. We can't have our hands filled up with our stuff and our insecurities and all all the junk and receive his love. It's like, just let it, drop it and receive his love. It's not like a, it's not hard. It's just, I can't do it. Let me know your love. So there's receiving, but you know, in real love, there's responding. There's the embrace. You know, if, if all I did, if all, if all I did was pour my love out on Kim, and she never responded to me, that would be weird, wouldn't it? And praise God. God is a, like, however we understand his sovereignty, God has set things up so that we get to respond to him in real love. We actually really get to respond with real love back to God. And so there's that, there's that, there's a measure of freedom there that allows for us choosing to be prodigals. Choosing to walk away, but also choosing to return. And it's good news. And so if I pour my love out on her or she pours her love out on me, then it's not full and complete until we embrace the other. And that's the way it is with God. That's what he wants for you today. He wants you to receive his love, but he also wants you to embrace him back. Right? That's, that's real love. That's what real love does. It embraces. It receives and embraces. Y'all stand up.
Worship team, come on up. Ministry team, come up. And we're going to just take a few minutes. We do this, you guys, at the end of every service and just take a minute to respond to God. And so when God's saying something to us, He's speaking to us about His love. Maybe it's like, you know, I may need to... No matter how we explain the Gospel, there's no way around repentance. There's just no way around repentance. Repentance is when we turn to God. There's just... no matter how you explain it, how you understand what all Jesus did for us, and we're going to be remembering that this week, is it always involves turning to God. It always does. And so it could be as a, a sinner, or it could be as the, the religious older brother, but either way, we're turning to God. We're turning to the love of God in Jesus Christ, the Father's heart for us. And as you receive that love, may God give you grace to respond and to embrace Him back. There's nothing like it. There is nothing better than the presence of God. Knowing His love. There's nothing better. And so I just, let's go to God. Let's go to God this morning. Let's give our hearts and souls, our very lives, to Jesus. He's worth it. And there's nothing better than the Father's love. He loves you. He really, really does. So whatever your need is this morning, if you need to receive Jesus, To start a relationship with Him, it can start just with a simple prayer of saying, Lord, I want You. You died for my sins. I want to walk with You all the days of my life. He he, he did that. And that's real. But if it's about knowing His love this morning, please get someone to pray with you. Take it to the next level. Remember, there's always more. So Father, would You just meet us today in these next five minutes here. Change lives. This may be the most important thing that happens all morning long is this response to your love that's offered through Jesus Christ. Amen. Whatever your need is, guys, come. There's people up here. There'll be more if the front fills up. Pray with somebody you came with if it gets full up here. Go for it. Be bold. Really, go for it.